What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Resonant Frequencies. Got a great episode for you today. Coming in a little late, it's just that late night session. Let's get things started off in space. So last week, I woke to some phone calls from my mom telling me to come outside and that I had to see the parade of planets. Although there is no official scientific term for the planetary parade, it is widely used in astronomy to denote an astronomical event that takes place when the planets of the solar system line up in a row in the same area of the sky. Another term for a planet parade is a pulse. The following types of planetary parades are distinguished according to the number of participating planets. A mini-planet parade is three planets, a small-planet parade is four planets, and a large-planet parade is five or six planets. The Great Planet Parade will include all of the solar system's planets. This event in specific had five planets in alignment, which were Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. According to NASA, the next spectacular planet parade will happen on September 8th, 2040. So, super glad that my mom woke me up. Uh, it was early, and uh, it was totally worth it, though. You could actually get to to see them with your naked eye, and apparently getting to see Mercury with your eye is a pretty rare event. So, uh, thankful for her. All right, moving things on to world news. I got three quick stories. So a Russian missile strike uh, hit a crowded mall in central Ukraine, uh, the city of Kremenchuk, and it killed at least 16 people. Uh, The head of the emergency services said early that um, basically, you know, this is there were about a thousand people at the mall at that time. uh, And the Ukrainian defense ministry said that the strike was delivery time to coincide with the mall's busiest hours and to cause the maximum number of casualties. So sadly, it still looks like things are ramping up over there. So the G7 leaders on Sunday pledged to raise $600 billion in private and public funds over the next five years to finance the needed infrastructure in developing countries and counter China's older and multi-trillion dollar Belt and Road project. Biden said that the United States would mobilize $200 billion in grants, federal funds, and private investment over five years to support projects in low- and middle-income countries that help tackle climate change as well as improve global health gender equality, and digital infrastructure. And this is him talking. He said, I want to be clear. This isn't aid or charity. It's an investment that will deliver returns for everyone. Uh, Biden also added that it would allow for countries to, quote-unquote, see the concrete benefits of partnering with democracies. So basically what it is is they've seen how wildly successful the Belt and Road Agreement is, and they're uh, trying to get into the game um before they you know before they don't have a chance anymore and for the third story so in afghanistan officials say that about a thousand people have died while uh, at least 1500 have been injured after a powerful earthquake early wednesday the epicenter of the quake was about 30 miles from the city of coast near the pakistan border and aftershocks were felt as far away as Kabul. All right, moving things on to U.S. news. So apparently Jelaine Maxwell reported that the Brooklyn jail staff threatened her safety, and it prompted the employees to put her on a suicide watch. Wow, that's so ironic. Uh, In court filings on Saturday, Maxwell's lawyer said that she was placed on suicide watch in the Metropolitan Detention Center and asked for a delay to her sentencing. They said Maxwell was transferred after reporting threats to her safety by the MDC staff to the Federal Bureau of Prisons Inspector. 
Um, Maxwell refused to elaborate on why she feared for her safety, uh, and she told the psychology staff that she was not suicidal. So, uh, super fishy. It'd be just another uh, person that got suicided, it would seem. So, I have to keep an eye on that. Surely they're not foolish enough to do that. That would just be... I mean, it's already been pretty blatant with all the people that have uh, been suiciding themselves, but uh, this one would really be the cherry on top. For the second story, President Biden on Saturday signed into law the first major gun safety legislation passed by Congress in nearly 30 years. The legislation, which passed the House 234 to 193 Friday night following the Senate approval on Thursday, Includes incentives for state to pass so-called red flag laws. Um, we got to watch out for that because that could get a very real snitchy real quick. But anyway, uh, and it allows groups to petition courts to remove weapons from people deemed a threat to themselves or others. So hopefully they can't just do that just because they don't like you. And for the third story, so this is the super hot one. Thought about not touching it, but it is the hottest thing right now. And you know what? I'm going to touch it because I ain't scared. So battles over the abortion shifted to state courts on Monday after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the constitutional rights to the procedure nationwide. This has sparked a lot of outrage and protests. And once again, I feel that this outcome is completely avoidable by reasonable and logical thinking. Yet again, we're here plagued by the political pendulum swinging to the far left and then the far right and then back again. And it tears our country apart more and more each time it does that. Um, I feel that healing is only going to come once we find common ground in the middle between these two polarizing ideals. At heart, personally, I'm a libertarian, so more often than not, I lean towards letting people do what they want as long as their freedom doesn't encroach on mine. That applied in this specific instance, it would look like legal abortion for a certain period of time. Um, Florida went with 15 weeks, which I feel is like a pretty reasonable amount of time to make a decision. That being said, there doesn't appear to be any special allowances for things like rape or incest or like dangerous, like it, it could kill the mother or if it's like a de- defective pregnancy, which a lot of times they aren't able to detect that until later on. Um, so that that's pretty horrendous, and personally, I believe that's where a lot of the backlash is coming from. Uh, that being said, this wasn't a national ban, so the power was just relinquished to the states. So if you feel strongly one way or another, let it be motivation to get out there and vote and have your voice heard, which may in fact be the accidental positive side effect of this legislation, the motivation for people to really pay attention to who they Vote for on a state and local level. So for the local Alabama news, I kind of wanted to cover the um, nominee or the potential candidate for the Alabama uh, Senate opening that's coming up. So Katie Britt, a young lady, uh, is kind of leading the way. So I wanted to dive into her personal viewpoints on some topics. This is going to be taken from her website. She's kind of got an outline of how she feels about specific topics. So I'm going to brush over them real quick, kind of give you the highlights, and go from there. So Katie Britt was born in Alabama. She was raised in Alabama, and she also went to school here and also built a career here. So Katie began her career after graduating with a degree in political science from the University of Alabama, where she was the student body president. After graduation, she worked in Washington, D.C. as a U.S. Senator Richard Shelby's Deputy Press Secretary. 
After earning her law degree from the University of Alabama School of Law, she practiced law at the Alabama-based firm Butler Snow LLP. All right, and they have a little segment called Where Katie Stands, where they talk about specific issues and how she feels about them. So let's hit that real quick. Um, so she is pro-life. Um, she's a wife and a mother, uh, and she says that she believes that life begins at conception. As far as the military, she was born outside the gates of Fort Rucker, um, and she went to school with friends and parents who were deployed abroad. Obviously, she supports our troops, and um, she said that another integral part of our military success are the contractors and suppliers who support our defense and intelligence communities, and she wants to lead the charge to defend, grow, and protect our existing military and defense sector footprints in Alabama, and she said that will include any future base reassignment and closure rounds. Um, So she seems like she would be good for Huntsville. She also supports Alabama's Voluntary First Class Pre-K program, uh, which has been ranked as the nation's best for 15 consecutive years. She also believes in the school choice, uh, and that's because every single Alabama child deserves the best possible education. Under the job segment, she lists that she is the daughter of two small business owners who raised her to appreciate the dignity of a hard day's work. She says there's three primary roadblocks dragging down our economy right now, the out-of-control spending, the burdensome government regulations and red tape, and overcomplicated tax code that's 10 times longer than the Bible. She believes that the national debt is an existential crisis for our republic. Um, She said at the business council, she cut waste and right-sized the organization. She knows what it takes to balance a budget and a business and a home, just as all hardworking Alabama families do. She says that one of her first actions as U.S. Senator for Alabama will be introducing a constitutional amendment to mandate that the federal government balances its budget every year, just as the state of Alabama does. As far as her immigration stance, she basically says that she supports legal immigration, but people just coming in through the border shouldn't be a thing. Uh, She says that families, we lock our houses and our cars at night, and our country shouldn't be any different. Of course, she also supports the Second Amendment. So just to rattle off a few more, so she's pro-election integrity, which, I mean, everybody should be. Um, she's also anti-big tech and their censorship of our free speech. Um, and last but not least, she's also super pro-Israel, which is kind of annoying to me because, uh, Israel does some really shitty things to their neighbors and we just kind of ignore it. But, um, yeah, other than that, she seems, you know, almost kind of like what you would expect, but, uh, you know, I didn't dive into everything, but on some, some specific issues, she seems like it would be a step in the right direction on some things. Um, but yeah, I just kind of want to give you a little bit of information on her, considering uh, there's a pretty good chance she could become uh, Alabama's senator in the future. So for the weather forecast this week, we're looking at mid 80s with a slight chance of thunderstorms later in the week. For the crypto segment this week, I got two stories. Bitcoin coming in at 20,500 right now. Uh, So bear markets have historically been challenging to navigate for traders in the conventional set of reliable indicators that determine good entry points, and they're unable to predict how long a crypto winter might last. Bitcoin's recent recovery back above the psychologically important price level of 20000 was a sign to many traders that the bottom was in, but a deeper dive in the data suggests that the short-term relief rally may not be enough to prove a macro-level trend change. 
Evidence pointing to the need for caution was provided in a recent report by cryptocurrency research firm Delphi Digital, which suggests that we need to see a little bit more pain before we have conviction that a market bottom is in. Despite the pain that has already been felt since Bitcoin's price toppled in November, a comparison between its pullback since then and the 2017 market top points to the possibility of further decline in the short term. During previous bear markets, the price of Bitcoin fell by roughly 85% from its top to the eventual bottom. According to Delphi Digital, if history were to repeat itself in the current environment, it would translate into a low just above 10000 which is another 50% drawdown from its current levels. All right, for the second crypto story, so Faustine Arshange Tudera, president of Central African Republic, has announced the government will be backing an initiative centered around the developing the country's blockchain infrastructure. In Monday announcement on Twitter, Tudera said that the government would be launching Songo, which is a crypto initiative proposed following the country's adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender in April. According to Songo's website, the government intends to launch the program during a July 3rd event in which the president, members of his cabinet, and industry experts will discuss the physical and digital infrastructure needed for the CAR to enter the crypto space, as well as the legal framework for the country. The Songo's project plans include building a legal crypto hub aimed at attracting businesses and global crypto enthusiasts, expanding the adoption of Bitcoin in the country, and creating a virtual crypto island, a special economic zone in the metaverse that will seemingly have an equivalent space in the physical world. According to Sando, the CAR plans to have a dedicated legal framework for crypto in place by the end of 2022. For the positive story this week, Inventors are churning out methods of stopping plastic pollution from entering the ocean by picking it out of riverways. Different ideas come in different shapes and sizes, and a Dutch company has added a whale shark-inspired drone that can cobble 160 liters of waste into the mix. Developed by Ram Marine in Rotterdam, the drone project was both straightforward with a pretty long checklist. It had to be automated zero emissions, easy to use, economic to deploy and maintain, and be able to clean a freshwater environment without harming it. The result is Waste Shark, which is about four feet long and quietly captures trash in a tray between its two pontoons. Like the whale shark that provided its inspiration, a grid stops anything sizable from entering its mouth until it detects trash and the grid is lowered. Once the drone is filled, it's steered back to the water's edge, where the tray can be easily removed and emptied into a larger receptacle. Alright, so I got three fun facts for you this week. So, armadillo shells are bulletproof. And in fact, one Texas man was hospitalized when a bullet he shot at an armadillo ricocheted off the animal and hit him in the jaw. Fun fact number two, Kleenex tissues were originally intended for gas masks. When there was a cotton shortage during World War I, Kimberly Clark developed a thin, flat cotton substitute that the Army tried to use as a filter in gas masks. The war ended before the scientists perfected the material, so the company redeveloped it to be smoother and softer and then marketed Kleenex as a facial tissue instead. And the third fun fact, the U.S. government saved every public tweet from 2006 to 2017, and starting in 2018, the Library of Congress decided to only keep tweets on a very selective basis, 
including elections and those dealing with something of national interest, like public policy. All right, for the comedy segment this week, my son just asked me where poo comes from. I gave him a very detailed explanation, and he kind of just stood there in stunned silence. Then he asked, What about Ticker? My ex-wife still misses me, but her aim's getting better. What do you call a four-foot sidekick that got away with robbery? A small, medium, at large. Alright, so for the inspirational quote this week, The lights of stars that were extinguished ages ago still reaches us. So it is with great men who died centuries ago, but still reach us with the radiations of their personalities. And that's by Khalil Gibran. Spotify Song of the Week is Best Thing Since Backroads by Jake Owen. I don't usually listen to country, but I was somehow got stumbled upon the radio. I'm always on Spotify. Anyway, I heard this song, and uh, for a country song, I actually like it. So here it goes. You're the best thing since backroads, baby. Pedal to the metal with the windows down. Sunshine setting on a cross that save me. All right, y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I'll see y'all next week. Be blessed. CB out.